88.3 FM, Ann Arbor, WCBN.org. Grabs on to attempt it for the Wolverines. Holds her breath, Ann Arbor, as the bar gets set. Places down, kick is up. It's long enough. It's good! It's good! Michigan wins the game! Michigan shocks Washington, and the Wolverines are victorious! Every experience is a learning experience, including LSD. There's no such thing as a flashback, Danny. You need to get a job so that you can curb this free-form anxiety of yours. WCBN FM Ann Alba. It's free-form! 88.3 Anya Tosta. Well, indeed, you are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. Momentarily distracted by the fact that I'm talking into a mic with a glove on it. (laughs) Ah, those rubber chickens. If only it was a rubber chicken head. Well, anyway, obviously, uh, if you tuned in last week, I mentioned that there was a breaking story regarding the Boston Marathon. Uh, I said it was an act of terrorism, and I said the people would be caught. And that is proven to be correct. And, of course, this uh, this event itself is uh, it turned into almost a... I don't even know if you can write a Hollywood screenplay for something as uh, amazing as what transpired last week. Not only did we have the Boston Marathon uh, business, but we had a massive explosion in a town in Texas called West Texas. Not an area, a town itself. Ammonium nitrate was involved with that, and that, of course, was the substance that Timothy McVeigh used in the Oklahoma City bombing. And, of course, we had the ricin letters. And amidst it all, we had a spectacular failure of, by Congress to uh, pass even background checks for, you know, toughening the gun control laws. So it's rather remarkable that as the uh, week unfolded, we had a sort of a conflation of the two hot issues right now before Congress, gun control and immigration reform. And I don't know what's going to happen with either one because of the uh, almost bizarre aspects of this case. Of course, the week started out uh, looking like a classic uh, pipe bomb act of terrorism. I suggested that it was probably domestic, and I think that it probably still is, though certainly aspects of the older brother, so-called suspect number one, Um, who is uh, now uh, deceased, uh, could be kind of interesting. I don't see any 
what I would call rational political motive uh, that's actually connected to Chechnya or Dagestan, but those are certainly factors in um, his uh, increasing radicalization. Uh, the carnage, of course, would have been much worse had there not been medical personnel on hand, as well as plenty of first responders. Also, Boston, Massachusetts, uh, of course, the uh, state that uh, first uh, reformed health care in America, uh, while Mitt Romney, ironically, was governor, has plenty of hospital capability. So the carnage would have been much worse had this not taken place in Boston, given the uh, uh, first responders and medical personnel that were on on hand at the time of these uh, horrific uh, pipe bomb um, explosions, obviously many people would have perished uh, due to, to the loss of limbs uh, unless you get immediate tourniquets in those situation. In those situations, uh, you're looking at big time trouble. The Boston Marathon, of course, goes back over a century, and this is one of the most important sort of uh, celebratory days in the city of Boston, Massachusetts. Um, and this is why it was targeted by these two bozos. And I call them bozos because I don't know that there's any other word for what they did. It's remarkable that uh, their family was allowed to emigrate to the United States as part of uh, what we call kind of uh, war refugees. Um, I believe it was 1994. I might be wrong on the year, but Boris Yeltsin was certainly president, and I should have brought in more facts on Chechnya. But the uh, siege of Grozny back in the mid-90s by Boris Yeltsin, who had taken over control of the so-called Russian Federation following the resignation of Gorbachev, was certainly worse carnage than the Red Army was ever involved in, say in Hungary in 1956 or in Czechoslovakia in 1968. We didn't hear much commentary in the United States back then about Chechnya. Uh, some but it was a sort of esoteric academic subject. And unless you read the New York Review of Books or other periodicals devoted to international issues, uh, certainly the American media didn't cover the events in Chechnya or neighboring Dagestan with much um, perspective or even scrutiny. Of course, it turned out that Boris Yeltsin uh, was an incorrigible drunk, and his claim to fame, of course, was leading the uh, opposition to Gorbachev back in 1991. Um, by the end of the week, this had sort of morphed into a kind of a bad Hollywood cops and gangsters chase scene. 80 rounds of bullets being fired. Uh, how on earth can somebody that's been interviewed by the FBI at the request of the Russian government be allowed to obtain firearms? Those are questions that people should be asking the Republican Party in Congress. 
90% of Americans are in favor of stricter background checks. And if ever there was a case that illustrated why this is necessary, it's the Boston Marathon bombing. And there's virtual silence about this issue now. Uh, Harry Reid fortunately switched his votes in a parliamentary maneuver to allow this issue to come back to the Senate floor. We will see what happens. But it is quite troubling uh, in a country in which 90% of the people expect there to be some action on stricter background checks for firearms that this is not happening. This is not democracy. And unfortunately, it's readily explained by the political fear that the NRA seems to impose uh, primarily on the Republican Party. I, s of course, should add that there were a few Democratic senators from so-called red states that uh, voted uh, basically to kill the amendment. It was a, there were a series of amendments, but the only one that seemed like it had any chance of passing was the stricter background check. Of course, the older brother, uh, Tamerlan, um, turns out to be a 9-11 truther, became a more radical and devout Muslim, uh, apparently from the influence of his mother, and that these things began to occur in 2007, 2009. He had visited Russia uh, recently, uh, to visit his father, because it's important to realize that Dagestan is a province in Russia. It's not a separate independent state, at least not yet. It's quite clear that there's some unknown influence that the older brother had on the younger brother. Uh, it's quite clear from all of the reporting that the older brother was disaffected here in the United States, his uh, citizenship, incidentally, was being held up because of domestic violence. He'd spent time in jail because of it. He apparently battered his wife on occasion, and apparently he is married to an American citizen with a child. Though reporting on that has been sort of spotty. And I also find it kind of interesting that we sometimes forget how much bombing violence is continuing around the country. Here's an item from the 17th of February. A devastating explosion. This is in the New York Times, Declan Wash, Karachi, Pakistan. Devastating explosion ripped through a crowded market in the western city of Kedah on Saturday, killing at least 63 people and wounding 180. This is from bombings in Damascus that occurred several days later. Headline, bombings in Syrian capital kill at least 72, mostly civilians, opposition says. Says that uh, at least three car bombs exploded in Damascus on Thursday. This is dated the 22nd of February. We have a report just this weekend about the increase of attacks in uh, Afghanistan by the Taliban. 
the report by the um, NGO Safety Office of Afghanistan notes that based on data from the first quarter of 2013, in which the organization released Thursday, just this past week, there were 2,331 attacks by armed opposition groups in the first quarter compared to 1,581 in the same period of last year, an increase of 47%. Uh, we are not exceptional. This uh, horrific terrorist-style violence is continuing and is ongoing all over the world. Over the weekend, there was a horrible attack in Nigeria. And the beat goes on. It's interesting to note, by the way, in recent weeks, there's been a cooling of relations, so to speak, with America and Russia. Just a week ago, the United States put 18 Russian officials on a so-called human rights watch list. And it's interesting that the leader of uh, uh, Dagestan, I believe, was, was on that list. I'll have to find that uh, item here in my pile. So there's uh, much to consider and much to talk about. Of course, the media now is, is fascinated with the silly debate about whether or not this man's going to be tried as a civilian in a, in a, in a federal court or uh, put into military custody. This was advocated over the weekend by the usual clowns. The chairman of the House Senate Committee on uh, um, Arms, uh, I, I believe he's the Armed Services uh, Chairman from Texas, Lindsey Graham on TV spouting about uh, military tribunals, Peter King, a uh, New York congressman who was the first one to raise a big fuss about Khalid Sheikh Mohammed being tried in federal court in New York City. Uh, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, he was involved in 9-11. He still hasn't been tried. What the hell is going on in this country? Why can't this country wake up? Uh, the younger uh, individual involved in this terrorist attack is an American citizen. It is illegal for him to be tried in a military tribunal because we are not at war with Russia, Chechnya, Kyrgyzstan, or Dagestan, or any other country that this guy is associated with. Uh, I think uh, Obama's spokesman made that clear today in a, in a news briefing. So throwing out a, another phony uh, um, excuse to create political hay with the idea of these military tribunals is a classic example of, of uh, you know, politics as usual continuing. Bradley Manning is being tried in a military court here in the United States because he's a member of the United States military. He is subjected to the Universal Code of Military Justice. He signed papers in which he agreed to the rules of the U.S. military, like it or not. He's not being tried in federal court, and that's the distinction. Yes, he's an American citizen. So these clowns that go on TV spouting nonsense, as usual, so we'll give Lindsey Graham a brain damage award. He's starting to 
to rack up the brain damage awards. Since he's come under the wing of John McCain, he's advocated uh, a war with Iran, war with Syria. Oh, and now uh, he wants the suspect tried in a military tribunal, manufacturing some sort of justification for it when there are no legal grounds to do it. There's been a big debate about the Miranda issue, uh, whether or not this suspect who apparently has suffered a self-inflicted wound. This guy already attempted to commit suicide. Uh, at least that's what uh, today's New York Times reported. To the throat area, is unable to speak. Well, he's communicating with apparently written interrogation. And I'm somewhat indifferent to the issue of the Miranda rule. There's been a long discussion that there is an exception in the issue of public safety. I am somewhat skeptical that these uh, fellows have, have bombs planted elsewhere. Uh, I think that they, uh, as the saying goes, ran out of ammunition uh, while they went on this uh, insane rampage. And it's rather unfortunate that uh, they didn't listen uh, to the, uh, that, uh, the younger fellow did not listen to his uncle and turn himself in. Um, well, he decided to hide under a tarp in a boat. I think that says quite a bit. <laughs> because when I uh, heard the uh, fact that the photographs were going to be published in a briefing uh, last week by the FBI several days after this uh, horrific event, I said, well, if they're not on a boat right now, or they're not in Canada, they're going to be caught within 48 hours. And indeed, they have been. Um, the FBI, for the record, interviewed Tamerlan, the older brother, suspect number one. I think we can eliminate him as a suspect. <laughs> Uh, he's um, beyond a suspect. He's uh, perhaps the mastermind of this operation. Uh, clearly was involved, clearly caught on video camera. He was interviewed in 2011 in January at the request of the Russian government. The FBI apparently uh, gave him a clean bill of health, although he was obviously in the midst of becoming more radical, so to speak, at that point. And um, his citizenship was denied. He apparently, while not liking living in the United States of America, went on to new uh, uh, efforts to become an American citizen as recently as last fall. Um, I think that we can be thankful for the most part, despite all the uh, hoopla and hysteria about this whole event, that the uh, you know that the state and federal and joint terrorism task force, whatever you want to call it, state and local police, for the most part, did a pretty good job. Uh, these guys were uh, quite willing to go out in a ball of fire. That's uh, pretty obvious, and I don't know that we're ever going to really find a motive um, because many of these acts of terrorism and I don't think either one of these uh, young 
young people were uh, mentally ill in any sense of the word. They functioned quite effectively in the United States system. In fact, the younger man had been given a life on a platter here in the United States. He'd won a scholarship to go to the University of Massachusetts at Dartmouth. Presumably, he was enrolled in classes when this whole thing came down. So I don't know that we're going to find a motive. I'll quote here from a professor of comparative religious studies at Jacobs University in Bremen, Germany, Professor Hans Kippenberg. This comes, by the way, from the 11th day, a book by Anthony Summers, who I think is sort of the British equivalent of Seymour Hersh in terms of investigative journalism. He wrote a book a couple years ago about the 9-11 incident that I think is quite balanced and fairly analyzed in terms of what happened where the actual cover-ups are. Uh, He, of course, denounces the 9-11 truther movement, but he does note that the American government covered up many aspects of the 9-11 attacks. Quoting Professor Hans Kippenberg regarding the uh, theory of uh, the hijackers that were connected to 9-11, He wrote, the terrorists were people without conscience or moral compass, intentionally attacking civilians. In fact, far from being devoid of morality, the terrorists had an excess of it. They sought to bring Samaria justice to bear on those who, the way they saw it, inflicted injustice on their people. Civilians did die in the process, but the real targets in the hijackers' minds were the power centers of the United States, the financial hub by striking the New York's trade center, the military hub by hitting the Pentagon. And if as many think the plane that crashed in open country was meant for the Capitol or the White House, the heart of political power. I don't think the Americans could quite handle the concept that the attackers went ahead with what they did impelled by what they believed their religion required. No one who reads the hijackers, quote, manual, though, can do so without seeing that it certainly is totally driven by faith. And, of course, faith is one of those wonderful words that has many meanings, many contexts, and uh, many uh, significances. And I think that this is somewhat similar here. There was some sort of crazy, and I mean not insane, I mean crazy, misguided, delusional, that sort of stupidity, Um, situation here involving perceived wrongs. Much has been made of the fact that the Chechen people and their background appears to be Chechen in origin, were uh, basically forcibly deported uh, from the area of the Northern Caucasus. Dagestan, by the way, hits the uh, Caspian Sea, and Armenia and Turkey and Azerbaijan are in this region, so there is plenty of uh, 
areas of this part of the world that have been Muslim for quite some time. Uh, these are parts of, shall we say, Asia that the Russian Empire, dating back to uh, Catherine the Great, Peter the Great, Ivan the Terrible, that sort of thing. These these were disputed territories that uh, in which there was quite a bit of warfare, and certainly the Chechens, as people, um, feel aggrieved uh, for what happened because they were forcibly moved to Central Asia and or Kyrgyzstan. And it's interesting, the United States has had kind of a off-again, on-again relationship with Kyrgyzstan. There are, of course, ethnic uh, uh, Kyrgyzstani people that actually live in Afghanistan in the northern parts of the uh, country. Of course, 9-11 has uh, seen America with uh, more misguided concepts of faith. Uh, Sarah Palin, when she ran for vice president in 2008, kept reminding the American voters that we are an exceptional nation. And we are in many ways. Uh, but I don't know how exceptional we are sometimes. Our policy response to 9-11 has been nothing short of a catastrophe. And when I hear congressmen appearing on the Sunday, Sunday talk shows, and I'll give all of them brain damage awards, uh, you can look up their names, but I've mentioned a few of them already. Talking about the fact that this was an intelligence failure, uh, concluding that it's been an intelligence failure, without a heck of a lot of evidence to support that um, at this time. Um, I, I ask, well, what is an intelligence failure? An intelligence failure is going to war with Afghanistan. <laughs> An intelligence failure uh, is going, you know, try, trying to occupy Afghanistan, as the United States has uh, attempted to do. It uh, didn't succeed for the British in 1842, and it didn't work for the Soviets in 1979, despite the fact that the, it's estimated that the Soviet Union killed up to a million people in Afghanistan. And, of course, the United States was involved in Afghanistan, been up to its eyeballs in Afghanistan since 1979. That's an intelligence failure. The United States was actually agitating in Afghanistan before the Soviets even went in with the Red Army. An intelligence failure is going to war with Iraq using flawed intelligence, loads and loads of propaganda, rushing through a war resolution right before the 2002 elections, some of these congressmen that are attacking the FBI, uh, and certainly there should be some investigations into what the FBI knew and when they knew it, so to speak, since this is the 40th anniversary of Watergate, and we'll be talking more about that in upcoming weeks. No, the intelligence failure is the entire approach to the United, that the United States government has regarding foreign relations. We have seven. We, we had at one time 750 military bases scattered around the globe, spending hundreds of billions of dollars to butt into everybody's business. Here's an item from the 18th of uh, December, 2012, by Christopher Jew, Drew. It says Lockheed profit on F-35 fighters will rise with new Pentagon contract. This is supposedly in the area of budget cuts, sequestration. Get a load of this. 
Lockheed, which of course is the maker of the F-35 fighter pilot uh, plane, says that the company signed the latest contract to build 32 planes on Friday. It came after a year of contentious negotiations with the Pentagon, which has dealt with a series of cost overruns and delays in creating the sophisticated jets. The F-35, the Pentagon's largest program, could cost $396 billion if the military builds more than 2,000, uh, 2,400 planes for the Air Force, the Navy, and the Marines. S astonishing. <laughs> Do the math. Um, it, and this is, this is allegedly in, in an era of a budget um, contracting the government and whatnot. No, no, no. The United States needs to start looking inside itself. That's where the intelligence failures are occurring. Wanted to thank Andrew for engineering this evening. Uh, you are listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Uh, Yazoo City Calling will be coming up shortly. Want to definitely uh, make the uh, point that my comments tonight in no way represent WCBN FM Ann Arbor or the regents of the University of Michigan. Uh, they are my own. And, of course, we've been talking about uh, these kinds of issues for many, many decades on uh, Gray Matters here. A very interesting little item a couple of weeks ago in which Gary Hart, in the Sunday Dialogue section, uh, discussed um, <clears throat> the uh, deteriorating relations between the United States and Russia. They have, of course, a variety of issues I have no idea whether suspect number one uh, was some sort of an agent, whether he was trained uh, when he visited his father. His father, by the way, lives in Russia now. Apparently his uh, parents are either separated and or divorced. I'm a little unclear on that, but at this point it's somewhat irrelevant. Uh, he's back in Russia trying to operate a uh, perfume business. Uh, the irony of that... <laughs> is striking. Um, we're going to need more than perfume to clean up this mess, uh, though perfume is uh, probably an, an apposite metaphor for the ability of uh, the U.S. government at times to cover things up. But um, I don't know if this uh, recent, and this was about two weeks ago, uh, the Gary Hart Sunday Dialogue, by the way, appeared on the 17th of February in the editorial section, the Sunday Review, um, that I think has some interesting comments about the history of American-Soviet relations. I'm more of an expert on the World War II, uh, Cold War aspects of American and Russian relations, and I'm perplexed why, you know, the United States and Russia are allied pretty much on the concept of radical Islam. So I think that that's an area where we can start patching things up and some of these ancillary issues need to be moved to the side. Well, we're out of time. Uh, Yazoo City Calling is coming up on this fine station, so do stay tuned. It's up next, and uh, Groovasaurus is up at 8. Good night.
estar abierto, abierto. 